to you, dear listener. I'm safely returned to LA after two weeks in Fiji with my son and grandchildren, making some wonderful memories. I brought home a horrible cough and cold, so you'd be right if you're thinking I don't sound like my usual self. Hopefully a little sexier. My guest in this episode of The Chat with Claire Fordham is an award-winning British broadcaster. He writes best-selling books. He's smart and he's funny. Here's Russ Kane chatting about London, LA, getting the job on Capital Radio's famous Flying Eye because he was the only applicant among 500 who could speak on air without throwing up, and much more to inspire, amuse and intrigue. Put the kettle on, Tiago. We simply must applaud them The Chat Podcast with Claire Borden Keep calm and chat on Thank you for chatting with me, Russ Kane. My absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Here we are in the hills of Woodland, Woodland Hills. Woodland Hills. So you're a bit off your manor. What just, are you doing here? Just about 6,000 miles off my manor. My manor is Rotherhithe, by the mm. way. Down by the river. Um, what am I doing here? Well, uh, any excuse to come to California, yeah. frankly. You come a lot. You're most I welcome. Do, thank you very much. Um, I do come a lot because I love it here. And people always think, oh, you want to do this and you want to do that with your career. It's nothing. I just like the people. I've got a lot of friends here. The community here is great. Mm. And most of all, I love the weather. It's very, very uplifting. It hasn't been, of course, from the moment I got off the plane. It's your fault. Thanks it is, for that. Yes, and every single person I speak to, oh, thanks so much for bringing the weather with you. <laughs> <laughs> and do you laugh? No. No, if it's I not a, funny. Don't it, encourage them. It's not really hilarious. And if I had a dollar for that, I would be sitting with a Bentley Mulsanne parked outside the house. So I just love the weather. It's just beautiful to wake up mm. to blue skies and it makes you feel uplifted and much more positive. And, you know, living... Everyone thinks it's foggy, you know, the, the arch type, oh, it's foggy. No, it's never foggy in London, but it is very grey. Mm. And that and I cold fo- and wet. It is. I mean, I'm, I can say um, it. It's, it is. That said, can we both agree mm. that there's nowhere better on earth when the sun's shining? It's I stunning. It's, it it's is the most stunning the people, place. people, the food, I love it. It's, it. it is a magnificent city. It is the greatest city on earth. I mean, the thing about Los Angeles, when you've never been here is it's not a city. It's like a series of... It's a series of areas. None of the areas talk to each other. So it's... People say, oh, do you go... I said, there's no heart of this. It's not like Barcelona or Madrid or Paris where there's a a centre, you know, a centre of London. There's no centre here. It's just wherever you happen to be. That's right. Now, you say you don't come here to work. Yeah. But you have been working. I have. I can prove it because I was... Actually, you don't say that to customs when you come in. I don't. No, no, I wasn't working. No, I'm just... Um, But you did a a most wonderful... Stand-up routine last night. Now this is a thank goodness. It was funny. I apologise. Thank you. It was it was so funny. Um, I when I left the house, my husband Colin, another Brit, um, he said, "Where are you going? Where are you going?" Like, no, he didn't really say. Did he say it in that sort of rather imperious tone? Yes. Where are you off How to? is the marriage? Is everything all right? It's very strong. Thanks. Good, it's very, good, very good. strong. And he... Maybe you like that being spoken to like that. <laughs> no, I, I don't. don't. Okay, I'm just checking. I'm just, you know, <laughs> no, just I don't. seeing the parameters. I don't like them answering back or being bossed. No, 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 okay. Poor old Colin. Anyway, so, moving anyway, on. So, anyway, I was leaving and he said, where are you off to, my love, my sweet love? Oh, uh, that's and more I like said, Colin. And I said, I'm going to... Because um, he couldn't come because he had deadlines. Uh, he writes about cars and is a musician. Another story, I should give him his own show. Except he's too quiet. Um, he said to me where are you off to and I said I'm going to see this guy in stand up what's his name Russ Kane Russ Kane 
Is he the guy who used to do the something I? The, fly, the flying eye. The flying eye for capital. I said, yes, he's a, as I say, he's a Brit. Yep. So that was, how many years ago was it you did that? We're coming back to the stand-up, but I want to talk about how we I, got there. I did the flying eye on capital radio in London from 1984, uh, I was 10, to, <laughs> to 2004. Did it for 20 years. Happy, happy years? Fantastically happy years. I mean, seriously, I'm not, I'm not just saying it. I have no need to say it. I have no connection with it. I haven't had for ages, but... Um, 20, I never thought of it as work, no. ever. We just had such a laugh, and it was, it was great, until it became a huge corporation, and then it became a slave to the share price, and it became no. a slave to the city, and that wonderful family atmosphere. I, look, I understand that they wanted to grow the business, and they grew it exponentially, but, you know, it went, and it stopped being that sort of fun. It became far right. too corporate, and I thought, nah, enough's enough. And also, because... The Flying Eye, for those of you who don't know, why on earth would you, was me traffic report. Well, it started out as traffic reporting and turned into comedy, but from a little aeroplane at 1,000 feet above the street. And I thought, I'm in this little plane. I've flown 1.5 million miles. I am pushing my luck. I really thought, you know, because we had some very unpleasant incidents, you would do. Do you mean with the... the, the No, I mean I crashed. (laughs) Yeah, I don't recommend it. Uh, You You crashed? We had a, uh, yeah, we had a bad time. And um, gave me nightmares for a year. I but can't let that go. You, you can to... let it go, because I've, I've, I've had to bury it. Bear your soul, love, come on. But, um, we, we, we were in fog, and we, we smashed into trees. Should have been... Another ten feet, I'd have been dead. Crikey, did you sue? Who are you going to sue? You Capital sue. Radio. Why? Because they nearly killed you. No, they didn't. They nearly it killed you. It, it was, you know, it was these you things. Know, that's the thing about America and here, that people would sue for that and get... Well, millions of dollars. My agent at the time was a woman called Annie Sweetbaum, and everything was very conspiratorial. <laughs> Would you like a cup of coffee? Well, thanks, Annie. Yeah. And um, so I was about the lowest of the low on her order, and I told her that we'd crashed. <laughs> Classic remark, agents. She goes, well, next time, darling, carry a torch. <laughs> I think that sounded nice. And I go... What, so I can see where I'm going to die? What's the point of a torch? That's a good title for your autobiography. Which is what? Next time, Time darling. Carry a torch. (laughs) So you became a most successful... I love that. (laughs) Pause for laughter. I'm going to love... I love that. That's really good. Go on. (laughs) So you became a, a really successful broadcaster... And but you got into it accidentally. If we could just, because I learnt this from last night yeah. from the sound, it was so funny, and I don't want to spoil it for people who might come and see you another time. But Please it was God. so funny that it, the way you told the story about getting the gig, um, which you didn't want. <laughs> I you... didn't want it. It was everything I hate. It was early mornings, which I loathe, and light aircraft. And I, I don't even like flying. And I swore I would never go in a light aircraft. I mean, this was a tiny little plane. Mm. Wasn't but the joke was that one of the reasons you got it, apart from your wonderful voice and humour, <laughs> was that you didn't throw up. Well, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> ignorance is really bliss. And I hadn't appreciated, because I wouldn't have bothered to audition. I only did it to help out a friend. And uh, they'd auditioned 500 people. And of those, pro- the professional broadcasters were violently sick, because it was very, very uh, turbulent in this plane. And the people who weren't sick, they couldn't string a sentence together. Mm. So, you know, by default, I got the gig. And I, I said, well, I'll do it for two weeks, see if it works out. And the two weeks lasted for 20 years. 
And it also set you up as a broadcaster because you now yeah. have a very successful show on BBC Radio London. Wow, you've done some research. I know, here. I've heard you, love. I've heard Blimey, you. Blimey, O'Reilly. You're a bloody yeah. legend. Oh, well, <laughs> legend. <laughs> legend. <laughs> legend. Legend. The Lionel Blair legend. Um, yeah, I do BBC Radio London and I do talk radio as well. Yeah. Uh, which I was enjoying working with Paul Ross and then they shifted his. Um, his shift around to the middle of the night. But Paul was very witty. And um, I, I like radio, BBC Radio London. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a very early in the morning show, 4am. Well, not good for a man who doesn't like an early start. Uh, it kills me. I have permanent jet lag. Yeah. It's because I, I, I leave at two in the morning. I get there for like quarter to three. At, um, Quart- it, so that's so you can sing. It's quarter to three. three. There's no one in the place except the BBC. <laughs> and uh, then I read every single newspaper, which I have to do. And then we we do the show. So it's it's absolutely live. Oh yeah, that's, I've never I've never done any show which isn't uh, live. And but I mean, you can swear on on my podcast, but you Ooh. are not allowed to swear on the BBC. I don't. You suppose. can't. Uh, the, the rule book for the BBC is gigantic. For example, you cannot say the word suicide. Good Lord. And the reason you can't say the word suicide because technically it is illegal. Mm. So you have to say Joe Bloggs um, killed himself. You, you, it's all in the rule book. Right. Very, very, very strict what you can and what you can't I, say. I can't imagine that you'd like rules. Oh, I loathe rules, and and the reason that I'm employed is because I push it until it squeaks. Anyway, no one will be listening if the uh, when I say you have your your proper listeners, but I mean the suits. They won't be listening. Well, time. I don't think the suits. I know the suits very well, and I don't think I don't think they even do snoop tapes anymore. <laughs> I don't think they even do that. They did it at Capital for sure. I uh, didn't like that show very much, young man. But they don't, the BBC. No, they're not going to be listening at four. So, are you on staff? No. Oh, so, no. so you get contract or whatever, yeah, three months. So you don't no. get the fantastic BBC pensions and things. I get nothing yeah. whatsoever. So I make you... my own tea when I arrive. <laughs> Let's I not glam it's... it up. It's character building. I think well, I, I, I think my character's built about as much as it's going to do at this stage in my at this stage in my. But I, I love radio. I mean, radio is it's intimate, it's quick, it's fast. The people in it are really good. Mm. I count my blessings with that. I've enjoyed every second of it. I really now, have. When you were here last time, uh, we were chatting, um, and it was just after the Grenfell yes, fire yes. in London. Yeah, and. You actually were live on air. Yeah. So that was breaking. Awful. And you did say that was that that was professionally and hu- from a human point of view that was just the worst. It was very 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 hard. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Grenfell Tower fire it was a huge high rise building in West London, a building that I've seen you know as I drive in on the Westway, which is one of the main roads into central London, and the thing caught fire. And it went up like a Roman candle. No one had seen a fire like this officially since World War Two, when during the Blitz, you'd never seen anything like it. And we just the way that the cards fell, we were broadcasting live. And the worst thing was we couldn't put most of the calls we were getting on air because they were from people either in the building or people just outside the building. And even though I'm not going to tell you what they were saying. No. Because it's so grim, and it was it was shocking. I mean, in in the true sense of the word, it was shocking. I don't think those figures are accurate at all. What were the figures? How many well, dead? officially, 
officially it was um, round about, forgive me, I should have them, I don't have them to hand it, something like 80. Yeah. I think, personally, I think it was way more. I think it was way more because the people were not registered, a lot mm. of them were illegal. Mm. Um, that does not dilute the tragedy of it because a human life is a human life. But they have no idea who they are. How would they ever know? Yeah. No, it was so it, it, absolutely. Yeah. The, the word tragedy is used a lot in broadcasting, well, and it really isn't. But that truly was, and criminal too. What's happening? Because you're nothing. Nothing. No, no nothing charges. Nothing is happening. What 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 you're referring to is that they put cladding yeah. to make the place look a bit nicer, and the uh, allegations are that the cladding wasn't up to the level that it should be being fire resistant this is hilarious isn't it everyone's wanting comedy we're doing this yes um but sorry th- no, there's no there's make them no, laugh we make them cry yeah sadly make them cry during the comedy um they so but no charges have been brought nothing a few people have resigned big deal mm. nothing absolutely absolutely nothing at all you know it's just you think well, have the people been rehoused have they not been rehoused what's going on Right. And the only thing the press do is there was one guy who was an absolute scam artist, I think he was Vietnamese, and he said he'd lost this, that and the other. He hadn't been anywhere near it, right. didn't even live there. Right. So, of course, the but press the had a feel is, they were there. it's not all about being funny, is it, with broadcasting? It's, it's deadly serious sometimes. Yeah. And it is, and not everyone can do it. They think they can. Do you, do you know, you, you meet people say, I should have my own show. People say that, and they know they shouldn't. They couldn't. It, it, there is an absolute skill to it, especially to be doing it live. And I applaud you oh, for doing you. it. Thank you. And and it sets you up, hasn't it? Really, for it's given you tools to help with your stand-up comedy. I would have thought, so you don't get nervous. Oh, I get very nervous. Oh, do you? Oh God, yeah, I'm a nervous wreck. <laughs> because well, why I think, do you do it then? Because well, I don't. I like to scare myself. Yeah. I, I scare myself and push the boundaries as far as I can because otherwise I get bored, and if I get bored, I get depressed, and I don't want to do that. That's that's the true reason. I get very very nervous. Of course right. I do because uh, any performer. Who doesn't get nervous is going to be slack. Yes. Alan Freeman, one of the greatest British broadcasters of all time, once said to me, I've been doing this for 37 years and I'm nervous every time before I open the mic. And he was adored. And I thought, you know, if it's good enough for Alan Freeman, it's damn well good enough enough for me because he was the maestro, you know, the consummate professional. You have to be nervous, but it's got to be good nerves. I mean, it's a mixture of excitement and then that little voice going, what the hell am I doing? What the hell am I doing? So you like making people laugh? Oh, I do. I, 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 you know, the world's a pretty miserable place. So I, I enjoy that, the sheer ludicrous things you are, that happen. I don't want to sound too um, brown nosy, but I did have the great good luck to sit next to you at a dinner party of our a mutual friend, Cara Noble, who never you, heard you, of her. Cara, <laughs> Cara, whatever Cara happened no, to her, whatever happened to her, she, shame, shame. <laughs> She's fantastic what a shame. and still working and looking bloody younger than ever. Well, so I hate her, the that. bitch. <laughs> but she is spectacular, and I oh, was she's, lucky she's to be amazing. Sat next to her, who was one of your colleagues at Capital Radio, and um, she's still broadcasting now. And you were so funny. Really? Uh, yes, yeah. you were the most perfect dinner party guest. And as I say, I was lucky enough to sit next to you. Do you think, have you always been funny? I mean, it's one thing to be naturally funny, but another thing to start doing it professionally. How did you make that leap from, do you know what? I'm funny. No, I've to... never thought I'm funny. Oh, you Ever. Yeah. I'm actually a very serious, I'm actually a very serious person. 
really. And I don't find, I don't think... But I'm... you are a wonderful raconteur. Oh, thank you. Well, no, you are. Thanks. The story she was sharing. Uh, well, the thing about it is the they're all true. Table. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, do you embellish? I don't embellish it. It is word for word what has happened. I just look at the, you know, the weird things that happen in life. And I think, that's ridiculous. And, and mm. comment on it. It's no more than that. I mean, I don't stand up and tell jokes. Yes, observational comedy, is. which is the best, of course. And it all came by accident through a woman called Penny Horner. So it's her fault. It, it, I blame her every bloody week, and she knows it. Penny Horner runs the German Street Theatre, and she's an old friend of mine. I don't mean she's old. I mean, she's not... Moving on. Yeah. And uh, so whenever I'm in the Piccadilly area, I always pop in and have a cup of tea with her and basically take the piss just to wind her up. That's exactly why I go in. She knows it. And she has the worst office in London because it's down in the basement and there's this huge concrete beam. And I have never, in all the years, not hit my head on this sodding <laughs> concrete beam. And she was just, oh, for God's sake. You know, she's pretty hardcore, but she's very funny. So I'm yakking to her, and into her little room, it's a tiny little room, comes this actor, lunchtime, dressed up as some sort of hussar, looking very, you know, uh, dashing. I'm just going on stage to go through my lines, Penny. So I say to Penny, yeah, and he goes out. You know, he's wearing the boots and the breeches and the whole, the whole Darcy-type thing. And uh, not Darcy Bustle, obviously, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> and um, so I said to Penn, yeah, I can't wait for my one-man show. It's a joke. And she said, well, you're fucking doing it. And she went over to the board and she wrote my name. She said, that's it. You're doing it. It's about time. I said, Penn, I'm not... Don't argue. And one thing, if you know anything about London theatre, you don't argue with Penny Horner. No. And I, I went away. She said, you've got three months to prepare. That's it, you're booked. I said, oh, my God. And she set it up for you? She just did it, She said, okay. because it was a Sunday. So it's a dark day for the theatre, right. and as long as I covered the costs of... Uh, you, you know, because I don't exactly have, you know, dancing girls and the Philharmonic Orchestra playing with me. It's just me and a bottle of single malt. I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. And you did I, it, and how did it go? It was so... How did it go? This is what amazed me. And we were talking before, you know, this conversation about when things plopping up when you don't. I'd never done it before. In the entire history of the German Street Theatre, it was the second fastest selling show ever. Wow. Ever. The only show that was faster was Sir Michael Gambon, directed by Sir Trevor Nunn, mm. in a play. So I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take that. You know, I don't mind, I don't mind coming no, second to that. No, you were actually very... You, I don't want to give it away for when you do your return run, yeah. um, by popular demand, but you did... Some really good impressions. <laughs> so you, you actually felt I felt you could do acting. Have you done any? No, I've done. I've done panto. I'd love oh, to. Oh, panto! Do, I'd love to do. Did act. you? Oh yes, I did. Oh, no, you didn't. How, who did you do? Who? You, a dame? No, no, I did. I I did nine years of panto. Do you like it? It was exhausting. Did I like it? Yes, I did. And you make great friends, friends mm. for life, which I have done. But. I have a terrible low threshold of boredom. Mm. You're stuck in a dressing room for two months. You're doing the same show over and over again. Is it eight a week? I'm doing two a day. Two a day? And, and sometimes three a day. Oh, Lord. It's absolutely exhausting. The only day you get off is Christmas Day. Because Boxing Day, you know, the British holiday of Boxing Day, day after Christmas is the big panto day. You get shattered. Mm. You get absolutely shattered, and I hate waiting in the dressing room. It drives right. me to distraction. I can't stand it. Right, and but it didn't make you think I want to do some some serious theatre. Not really. 
No. I, I, I like, think you I, could. You I, know? I could, and I, I mean, you know, if the opportunity came, and you know, you got the right agent, and you got the right whatever, I, I'd enjoy it because it would mm. be a laugh. But I don't want to go on a. I, I don't want to do touring. Okay. I don't. So, want what's to do that. your dream gig? Writing is what I love. Yeah. So you talked about being a copywriter. I am. I, I write. I write novels, and that's what Conversation with London was about today. Uh, I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen with my novel. The thing with autobiography is for it to be any good, excepting mm-hmm. that you can write, mm-hmm. is you've got to really dig deep and be totally honest and not gloss over. So if, if you do one, and I hope you do, you'd have to talk about failed relationships and showbiz gossip. Mm-hmm. We, and I suspect you wouldn't want to go there. No, not really. Have you got, how many kids have you got? Four. Four? I didn't say 14. I said That's four. That's a lot. Never let them outnumber you. Keep calm and chat on. I've done an autobiography. Have I've you? done one, yeah. yeah, yeah. What I wrote it, it with, wrote it with my late wife. It's called Shout at the Moon. Did you, you lose a, a wife? Yeah, careless of me. I think she's down the back I'm of the so, sofa. Sorry. Um, yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. It, while you were married, she died? Yes. Oh, that's a tough one. Well, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't great. Um, How long had you been married for? Uh, not long enough. And right. our twin boys were just five. Oh, for so goodness that sake. was uh, yeah. So, but uh, we wrote about it while she was uh, alive, and the book did very, very well. We went out in hardback, then we went out in paperback, and we did a book tour and all that malarkey. We tried. It was a very tempestuous relationship, and we tried to write together. That lasted a day until everyone was going, "Fuck off! No, you fuck off! No, you fuck off first. <laughs> so we wrote separate chapters in chronological order. Yeah. People liked the different styles. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the, you were, so you were a single dad with two young boys. Um, yes, I didn't intend. And then I, I, I met somebody, and uh, she's been quite brilliant. I have to say, she's been absolutely brilliant. And you're still with her? Uh, what's the time? <laughs> so, I bet she loves that. The jokes like that. All she the time. hates those jokes. She, yeah. she. So how yeah. old are the boys now? Nineteen. They'll be twenty in a couple of months. And how, And what are the other two? You said you had four kids. Uh, one's a girl who was over here for one of her birthdays just a couple of days ago. And one's uh, another boy. Oh, how one... And, and they all get on? Yeah, of course. Very fun. I, I would close. imagine you're a good dad because you're fun. They, uh, yeah. Well, you know, when you're a kid, whatever your dad does is boring as hell. Mm. So I might as well be working in the Halifax Building Society behind the counter. And, you know, I've been in LA, yeah. I yeah, did a show, did a stand-up, sold out. Oh, yeah. oh that's nice. What's yes. for tea? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your enthusiastic support. Really appreciate it. Lovely. Thanks a lot. You know, they're self-centred. Of course they are. That's what mm. kids do. They're totally self-centred. So one's up at uh, Oxford reading English and English literature, and one's at Bath University studying mechanical engineering. And then the big ones, uh, they're off and running and doing, doing their How stuff. How old are they? Old. Come on, you can tell No, me. absolutely not. They're old. They're really? Yeah. Are they the same age as me? <laughs> well, not... you're what, 32, That's right, 33? Yeah. And yes. I'm the same age as my daughter. She's 36 coming up. Right, okay, spot on. Yeah, my, my son's That's... coming up. Um, th- crikey, he's coming up. No, she's com- she is 36. He's com- she's coming up 37. He's coming up 39. Same age as me. I get younger. Start. I get younger every year. And uh, it's great because I've actually now passed uh, through my daughter. Passed. We've crossed. We've crossed. <laughs> And also, do you not find, clearly you don't want to talk about age, but I think we're in a good time for being grown-ups because, the being baby boomers, yeah, because it's the biggest demographic with more disposable income and they want to be broadcast to 
by someone who understands. That is true, and that is what people want. It is not what the media give them, and that is that is the difference. And I say there's this a shift. With, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not just. It would be it. great if there was, because I'm, you know, the media really is. I always call it Logan's Run. Mm. That you should be just killed when you're thirty, and that's right. the that's the end of it. And it really is, you know, you look at all these people and you think, A, you're talentless, mm. B, you're thick as shit, and you've got no personality, and uh, I'm not going to bother to watch. So I don't watch any of that. There's no. hardly any of that TV stuff. Um, and my life is much better for that, because people say, oh, I can't stand this. I go, what the bloody hell are you watching it? Don't watch That's it. That's right. That's you're an right. idiot. Change the channel. Watch what you want to do. Get your stuff. So would you do I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out no. of Here? No. No. I watched I'm, it when I was... Shall I tell you why I won't do it? I've had lots of very good friends who've done it. And they are bored shitless. Hmm. Because and when, humiliated and eat well, insects. It's, it's, they like the fact that they lose weight. They lose lots of weight. Hmm. That would be a plus. They're really, really hungry. Hmm. Which it drives horrible. It's genuine. I mean, there's nobody poking a pizza through a bush and say hey the cameras aren't rolling and of course we see on i'm a celebrity get me out of here uh, with the internet you you see an hour well they've been 24 hours and they've got nothing to do no and also why i wouldn't do it is they edit you know they have a the producers have have an agenda and they will edit it so that it fulfills their agenda and uh, i'm not going to mention any names but you know a good mate of mine was on it and that this person created a musical, none of that was shown. Mm. A daily newspaper, none of that was shown. A big backgammon set, none of that was what? shown. All of it was cut out. And he was, he was, this guy was made to look like an old fart. Oh, yeah, and, and an arsehole. Uh, he was made to look like an absolute idiot. And his girlfriend at the time, when they went over the bridge, to, yeah. just went, what a farce, not yeah. realising the mic was still live. <gasps> It right. was. It was ridiculous. Right. It was ridiculous. Now, tell us about your novel. Uh, the novel is a story about good and evil. Uh, it's kind of very, very dark. Okay. Very dark. It's not a, it's not a comic, uh, comedy book at all. I mean, there's lots of funny bits in it, funny dialogue. But it's about good and evil and uh, sacrifice and redemption. And really. Is it based on you at all? Not in the least. And no, it really. Have you got a deal? Are you? Is it coming? Or are you looking it's, for one? It's oh, it's it's currently with several large publishers. Right. Well, and that's uh, good. My, I have a literary agent, and uh, I've worked very closely with him. You know, kept honing the novel and changing mm. it, and so it's doing the rounds of the publishers right. literally as we speak. But so. the trouble is when a bit of an author myself had two books published. Get you? My, yeah, I know. But um, thank you. But which is a huge achievement. It is. People it's say. I've got a book. Yeah, go on then. Write it and finish it. Oh, no, I've got a book in me. Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't got around to it. Well, yeah. sit on your ass, yeah. get a piece of paper and start writing, mate. Start looking at a typewriter and make your forehead bleed. And, and, they, and yeah. it takes but a lot of... But if you get a publishing deal, which, yeah. of course, is what everybody wants, yeah. it takes from them... I remember with mine, when from the moment of signing, it didn't come out for 18 months. It's oh. such a slow... It, I don't but, know if it still is. It's but. pathetic. Uh, it, and... You know, it's why I love radio, because I'd yeah. be sitting in the studio and we'd go, hey, i got an idea, why don't we do so-and-so like that? And you go, right. And, you know, a minute later, 60 seconds later, you're doing that yeah. thing. I don't like television. It's it's frustratingly slow. and You know, it's kind of, it just takes forever. And publishing is a joke. You know, I've, I've finished this book a long time ago, and then it was going backwards and forwards with slight amendments and then mm. titivating. And eventually I said, look... That's it. I'm not titivating it anymore. That's the book. 
Well, okay. good writing is in the editing, and it's, we'd all have to accept that. It's, it's it, never not finished. No, it's never finished. I know, but it's like painting the fourth bridge. You yeah. Eventually, you have to say, okay. "Well, time enough. Call, t- call it time." And if they don't get it, they don't get it. So, what is your dream gig then? What do you want to be doing in five years' time? Alive. Or, well, <laughs> first, I'd like to be breathing. That yeah. would be good. I'd really like, I really like to be splitting my time between being here mm. in Los Angeles because I enjoy it. I don't enjoy the English winter. It's yeah. vile. It's got nothing going for it. I love London. I'm not knocking it at all. I'm not like that. But I just like the weather here. Mm. Um, so I'd really like to spend, you know, several months of the year here and several months of the year at home with my, my family. Um, if they still see me, if they invite they me will. around. Of course they will. For a lonely cup of soup. Come on, get um, a grip, man. Right, get yeah, a grip. Sorry. Uh, and of course I miss my dog, naturally. And then I'd like to just be doing more writing, doing more writing and, and, and maybe some more performing, I think. That yes, people, I think that's... People seem to like it. I insist it. on it. Well, if you insist on it, it'd be rude to say no. Yeah. It'd be churlish. So, I can Im- so who does your radio show when you're here? I've no idea. You don't care? No. No, sort of. So it's not, you don't pay reruns? No. I know it's like, I know people, no names, no pack drill, who do that. They've done a sneaky one, not made it in, put an old one on. Oh, no, like, you can't do that. It's, an, it's a current, current events. We're talking about yeah, today's okay. paper. That would be a bit tricky. It and was. here's the news from yeah, 1968. Germany has invaded Poland. Yes, Hitler's massing on the Polish border. <laughs> it's all of that. No, it, it's all live. So, so what about the girlfriend, then, if you're going to, what does she say? What does she say? About you coming here, spending more time here. Well, she, I suppose... She sounds know. a bit long-suffering to me. Oh, stop it. Leave it. <laughs> Moving Leave on. Leave it. Well, I'm not planning to emigrate, so it's not okay, like a big, a bit, you okay. know, just a big, you know, it's not the biggest deal in the world, is it, really? Mm, you know, okay. it's okay. I think you might like to have her input, that's all I'm saying. I, I will get she her... up your boys, for God's sake. I will get her input, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> of course. I always keep my private life private, oh, sorry. so mm. you have gone straight for the juggler okay. in areas that I never discuss right, then publicly. We, then we won't, then we won't. That's all I'm saying. But I'm at least sure I'm she'll glad have, you're happy. She will have her uh, input and then... Uh, this is working out better than I could have dreamed, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, like, look at all the friends you've got, and you haven't even moved here yet. Well, it's an extraordinary thing, and I'm thinking of having to extend my stay a little bit. Cause Can I said, you? This trip? Yeah, I mean, I just fly back a little bit, a little bit later, only right. a, a tad, because people say, oh, can you come for dinner this night? Because I've got, yeah. can you do this? And I'm thinking, well, you know, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Why not? It's good here, isn't it? It's gorgeous here. Yeah. This is the... Don't people get... Weeping no, no, with their own the thing, lives in no, it's 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 not that. You know what it is? It's easy. Mm. I don't mean making a career here is easy. It's brutal, absolutely brutal. Which is why my my ambitions are very, very modest. I'm mm. not daft like that. You know, I'm not going to be James Corden or anything. That's just you know, like my ambitions are James Corden's dad. Just, Sorry, was that too harsh? <laughs> um, is that the time? <laughs> Can't believe! Haven't you got to be somewhere yes. down a mine shaft? Um, James Corden's dad—that is brutal. I don't think Big I like. Brother. I don't think Big I like. Brother. I don't think I like. No, you, it's, got, it's all over, gone. isn't it? Do you know what? I like your sister. I'm not really keen on you. Okay, frankly. I can. A lot of people say. Yeah, that. I'm okay. much more. In, she's too nice. It must be nice. so sad when one one of the you know one sibling gets all the talent, and the other one. Yeah, I know. She and got the, her and talent the from get, me. And the other My gets all, share. The other gets all the vitriol. Yeah, it's true. That's nice. Um, so, what I'm what I'm saying is, it's yeah. just very easy. You know, you try and park in London. It's like mm. I'm going to shoot myself. Mm. And here, as my friend pointed out years ago to me, when I first came, I said, I can't believe we can park. He said, mm. Russ. 
if you, if you don't put if the Two shop hours free. if the shop doesn't have parking, yeah. the shop's out of business in a week. Yes. Wow. Who, who was your contact here? Did you, when you first came, you must have known somebody. First, I, yeah, because you didn't first, come first. without knowing anybody. Francis, uh, my friend. Francis okay, so McGuire. you had a friend because my you can't. Francis for people who are thinking, oh, I'd like to go oh, to don't, don't, don't ever come group, unless you know it's someone. It's a very hard, lonely yes. town, and because nobody walks anywhere, right? Because there is no public transport. Forget whatever the mayor or whoever might say. There is no public mm. transport. Not like we understand it in Britain or Europe. There's nothing. So if you don't drive, you are stuffed. You're buggered. Well, I don't even know what you do. I, I genuinely have no idea what you do if you don't drive. So well, now we've got Uber, of course, which is... Well, thank God for that. But, you know, it's a question of well, how would you meet anybody? You wouldn't. No. You'd never meet anybody. It seems it strikes me that you like people. Oh, I do like people. Yeah. No, I do well, like people. People like you. Oh, that's, that's very kind. Why you keep in London, I'm really quite recluse. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, as I've got older, I find I'm getting quite reclusive. Mm. I think it's what a writer can do. You know, if I'm really serious into a piece of writing, you know, days can go by mm. and I've realised that <laughs> I might have popped out to Tesco's to get something and then popped back. That's kind of it. Popped to the supermarket. Um, but I do, I do like people. And, you know, I like, I like life because I think it's so short and it can be very harsh and can be horribly disappointing. So I always live life at sort of a million miles an hour and pack mm. everything in because... You never know what the hell's going to happen. You I've don't. lost some dear friends recently, totally unexpectedly, to- literally dropped dead. And I thought, Christ, mm. you know, as if you needed an extra wake-up call. Yeah, I'm a, I, it's a cliche, I know, but life is not a dress rehearsal. I don't think. I don't. Think it is. No, back. no, no. I I it's very weird it. you say that. It's in my book. It's in the, really? in the original autobiography. Life is not a dress rehearsal. Wow. This is it. It's mm. as good as it gets. So you, you make of it what... What you want? Well, this is as good as podcasting gets to have a great guest like you. Thank oh, you. Oh, I'm so I'm very very flattered that you, Thank you love. came all the way to Woodland Hills, the hills of Woodland, through through the trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we could end up there? There's, do you know what they've got? Million dollar trailer parks here in Malibu. They got there's wow. multi they're multi million Paradise Cove. I would like to take an American to the beach in like Brighton or Eastbourne or Frinton, show them a beach hut and say, how much do you think that would be? <laughs> and they'd say, well, $100, $80, mm. and i go, well, why don't you try £100,000? Mm. Yeah. And they would think that I was on drugs. That's right. It's true. Little beach huts go for uh, like 100 grand. Everything's gone crazy in property. Nothing has any value. You do. Oh, yay! <laughs> bye, my love. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Thank you. We simply must applaud them, the chat podcast with Claire Fordham. Keep calm and chat on. Thanks, Russ. I keep chuckling about his agent saying after he nearly died in a plane crash, next time, darling, carry a torch. I suppose we all do carry a torch these days on our phones. It took me six years to work out how to turn mine on. Now I can't imagine life without it. On the next chat with Claire Fordham, I'll be interviewing poet Philip Daughtry. There's much more to Philip than his sublime poetry. Get ready to be inspired, not just to write, but to truly live. Until next time, thanks for listening. Keep calm and chat on. We simply must applaud them, the chat podcast with Claire Fordham. Keep calm and chat on. Chat with Claire Fordham is an M Squared production.